Welcome to the first official episode of It All Started When. Today's guest is Hot Moms Club, who is an indie singer-songwriter based out of San Diego and Los Angeles, and originally from New York. She was previously in the band Swimming in Circles, and before that, known as the solo artist Eliza Rose Vera. Today, we will be discussing how she first got her start in music, her journey through the industry and her own artistic brand, and the line between art as a profession and a passion, as she offers her advice for other aspiring artists. First off, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being the first ever guest of It All Started When. For those listening, they won't know this, but I was actually lucky enough to have the Hot Bombs Club as my guitar teacher, I think, was it like seven or eight years ago? Yes, probably, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We performed together at a coffee shop, too. And it was the first time that I performed in front of an audience. I think it was the first time I honestly performed in front of anyone that wasn't you. Yes. And so it was like this huge first for me. So this feels very full circle now that you're here and it's our first podcast episode. But to dive into it, I want to take it all the way back to when this all started. So when did you first get into music? Okay, wow. So when I first got into music, I kind of grew up always being into music. Um... I always sang in choir since I was like five years old and I was in band. I think that started in fifth grade. I played the clarinet, which is so silly and nerdy, but I did do that. And, um, but yeah, music was just something that I think I kind of always pursued and loved. And then I started writing songs and, and kind of seeing my, my love for music changed when I was, I'd say, maybe 13, um, like 12 or 13, because I won an electric guitar and it like sparked my interest. And I was like, wow, I would love to take lessons and learn how to play this cool electric guitar. And then it didn't really stick. Then when I was 16, I went to summer camp and there were beautiful <laughs> counselors that inspired my passion. I was like, wow, I want to take guitar class so I can be with those hot counselors. Always the best inspirations in life, truly. I know. It was definitely motivating because I was like, wow, I just want to hang out with them. They're so cool. Even though they were they were older than me. So there was no point. It was just this funny crush thing. But so, yeah, then I started like writing at summer camp and actually playing acoustic guitar instead of electric and Yeah, I'd say that's definitely like the start of my songwriting and music career, like wanting to pursue it as something. And so at what point did you realize, okay, this is a career I want to pursue, not just like a hobby that I'm doing? Yeah. Um, Honestly, I, I don't necessarily think that I ever had that moment of like thinking, okay, this is a career. I don't think I've ever had that moment. (laughs) Um, I just, I really like have pursued music for the fun of it. And I've definitely got swept up in chapters of my life of it's starting to feel like a career. And I can say like recently I've had that kind of sweeping into, oh my gosh, this is like really kind of taking off in a career path. And I have to say, I don't think I really like that. And I'm, I'm in this stage of discovering 
is that what I really want? Um, do I want it to be a career or do I want to keep it this fun, low pressure, uh, creative outlet for myself? So I think like I'm still kind of learning that I've never really had that moment of being like, I'm going to pursue this as my, as my real career full on. But I do feel really lucky and excited that there have been a lot of cool quote unquote, like career moments that I've had, um, throughout my songwriting and recording career, especially with hot moms club. I really love that you bring this up because I think also people have this idea of like what a path looks like as a musician or as an artist. And I think it's important to acknowledge that you can do that and something else at the same time. Like it really is individual to what you want to get out of it. 100%. Yes. And just with any passion or any hobby or any like dream that you have, I do think that's something I like really try and tell people and show like the reality of that situation um because people can be so disheartened when they feel like they have to give up their dream or their passion or something they love to do to get a job because they have to make money and I don't think it has to be so black and white and also you know it's different when I think once you get a taste of of the opposite like where you're passion starts becoming a career that's when you really can decide like wait do I want that so I do feel lucky to say like I've I've been able to taste what that would feel like so I know the difference Uh, and then having like being at this crossroads of kind of deciding like wait what do I want it to look like is that what I want it to be or do I want to have like a job that supports me and I don't have to worry about money coming from music which puts a whole different pressure on, on, you know, your passion and dream if money's coming from it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times with creative industries, it really changes when it becomes a business. Because at the end of the day, it really is that. Although yes. it is passion, it is creative. There's also that side of it. And I think there's like a big reckoning that has to happen. Totally. And you either have to like fully go into it or figure out a m- middle ground for yourself as well. Yeah, 100%. And it's really... Like, I I never wanted to believe when people would say, like, it's so impossible to make money from the music industry. Um, Because I'm like, no, nothing's impossible. And I I do believe that. Like, I'm a big proponent of go after your dreams. Like, nothing is impossible if you work hard enough and you take the baby steps and you, like, enjoy the process that I really do believe nothing is impossible. But um, that being said just the way that the music industry works and the more that I'm like getting into the that business side of it you know we know things are unfair Spotify pays like you know part partial cents for streams and um it's really hard for artists to make a living from streams and that's like the majority of creating music and touring is so expensive I've done independent tours and you know, I see it as an investment and more just as a fun experience because it is so hard to make money if you're doing a tour independently, just with travel and everything. So again, I'm just like learning all of these things of do I do I want that? Like, is that I I've you know, I've really realized I don't want money pressure to be on music. 
because it squashes my creativity. The moment it's harder for me to write. And I, I think every time I write, I have to create a hit that will get me thousands of streams in order to make like what a couple hundred bucks it, it's so it's so twisted you know and I, I do I do think a lot is changing like you don't have to take that route anymore but again it's all this like discovery of how do you want it to look how are you gonna kind of create the dream that or the feeling of the dream that you want you know it may not look how you think where it's like you're big time in the tabloids or whatever it is, whatever it is or recognition or success is to you. So when you first started your solo career, it was with the artist named Eliza Rose Vera. Yes. Which I met you as yeah. like at the beginning. So how was that when you were first starting off with the artist brand side and releasing music? Yeah, I was like always going by my name as uh, I think starting in my senior year of high school and then throughout college. So I would write songs and then release them as my true name, which was, I mean, that was so fun. Again, another learning lesson for me um, of like, I loved that chapter and um, it was a great like start to my career. But soon after I started dating Jack Williams and we created a band together that was called Swimming in Circles. And so I got to feel what it was like to not have everything be like honed in on my name and me. Uh, it also like allowed me to, I never got a band started when I had my project under Eliza Rose Vera. Um, so Swimming in Circles was the first time I got a like full band performance. And that was so fun. And I also loved, yeah, I loved the pressure not being all on me. Like the music wasn't attached to my name. I could just write under this moniker and I could kind of like expand my songwriting skills and the topics that I chose because Eliza Rose Vera, that all of the songs I wrote under that name, they were so personal. They were really like, and my songs are so personal, but you know, when it's like coming from my name, People would ask me like, oh my gosh, who did that to you? Or like, you know, if, if songs were like upsetting, they say like, oh, well, you've been hurt so badly. And I was like, oh, well, you know, there was, yeah, there was a lot of like personal touch in it, obviously. And I, I really liked having the separation of being in swimming in circles and I could write these songs and they didn't have to be about my life necessarily or, or they were, but no one knew that they were directly linked to something I lived through. So were you doing those two at the same time or did you switch fully from your solo work to the work with the band? I would say I, I fully switched because I even remember at that time I like had my solo music career my own Instagram for that and I actually changed that Instagram to Swimming in Circles so I kind of like let that go and and like shed that identity, I guess, and turned it into um, swimming in circles. And now I don't release anything under my name anymore. And I don't think I probably ever will. I'll just like let that exist and do its own thing. It's almost a nice collection of eras, though, because you can look back at the different chapters yes. 
under these artist names. Totally. It is nice to like have I am excited to like as I grow, I will be able to look back, like you said, and like like, oh my gosh, when I I was so young, like oh, my voice sounds so young when I listen to some of the stuff under Eliza Rose Vera because I was young, you know, and it, it is cool to like have that separation of and be able to look back on that like a home video or something, you know, same kind of nostalgia. And so in those earlier formative years, like with Eliza Rose Vera and even before that, who was it that inspired you musically? Like at home, what were you listening to growing up? That is a great question. Um, growing up, I listened to, I'd say like very early on before I was curating my own uh, playlists or like burn CDs. I was listening to, you know, what my mom listened to, which was a lot of Bee Gees and Michael Jackson and... Um, I'm trying to think who else she just oh James Taylor. I'd say James Taylor was probably like a very big subliminal influence for me without maybe me realizing. Um, Joni Mitchell, Nora Jones. Uh, my dad showed me Nora Jones growing up. Also, he showed me um uh, Enya. My cousin showed me Michelle Branch. So I had like a bunch of different um influences really before I I chose my own music. My uncle also, he listened to the Beatles all the time and Elton John. So I listened to a lot of that. And then as time went on and I like got a CD player, I remember I would, um, I listened to, I loved like indie. I was totally that like emo, but happy like <laughs> middle school girl. And I, I like tried, I went on these like deep, indie music blogs where I would visit them like every week I think one was like indie mixtape which is cool because actually DD got featured on indie mixtape and that was like a music blog that I used to like scour the internet for when I was like in middle school high school which is like a funny full circle moment but um yeah I listened to like a lot of I'm thinking of like the shins neutral milk hotel the strokes I tried, I just tried so hard, I think, to be cool. <laughs> I tried so hard to like find those indie songs. Oh, I loved Elliot Smith, of course, like the very stereotypical indie artist love. But um, I don't know, I was kind of all over the map. But I'd say I, I like tried really hard. My My interest was in finding the unknown artists and um, like adding them to CDs and sending them to friends and having them in my Buick as I drove. I had so much joy when people would get in my car in high school and be like, oh, what's this song? This is so cool. And I'm like, oh, here's a CD for you. <laughs> Such a different life. <laughs> so I love like thinking back to where my music taste comes from because they're just like little pieces of all the people in your life. For my family, Nora Jones was huge as well. It's very cute to see like where you get it from. Oh, I know. No, it is cool. When it's it's funny to like think back to and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm sure you have those moments of thinking like what your mom was listening to you like in your house and you know, just certain songs will trigger a memory and you're like, oh my gosh. Brings you right back. I'm curious what's on your playlist right now? Like top five new songs, or it doesn't even have to be new, just what you're listening to at the moment. Some songs I just saved are Heartbeat Faster by Telephone Friends. Um, they're like a super group of a bunch of talented artists that I know. 
um, who are like also very noteworthy. Some of the artists are Tyson, Motzenbacher, Matthew Wright. They're all just, and they're all based out of San Diego, but they're amazing. The song is so fun. Um, and Chinatown by Barry. I love Barry. Um, Hayden Everett is another great artist that I've, I've been listening to a lot of. And uh, Andy Schaff's new record. The one song I really like is called Halloween Store. So good. And so now you're under the new artist name, Hot Moms Club. Yes. Which I think is just the most brilliant thing ever. And you started this in summer 2020. Where did this name come from? Because you're not an actual mother, except for to a lovely turtle. <laughs> so how did you develop this new brand originally? At the time I was searching for a name, it was the EP I was going to release, which was the four songs that I first released as Hot Moms Club, DD, Forest, uh, Everything, and Brian. So those four songs, I was like, oh, what am I going to name that EP? And I used to walk every morning with my best friend, Olive. So we would go and there were just, there still are on that trail. There are the hottest moms ever. Like they're most beautiful babies. And so she and I would always kind of joke as we'd go because you can't not notice, you know, it's like they're stunning and their babies have like the most beautiful eyes. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just want to be that someday. So we would always kind of joke like, oh, we're going to. That's our future. You and me will soon have like strollers. Maybe not soon, but someday. And so it was one morning, like I had been kind of stewing. Oh, what am I going to name that EP? We're walking and um, we like pass a few hot moms. And I'm like, oh my gosh, hot moms club. Like we're going to, we're going to be the hottest moms on the block someday, Olive. And I just stopped and I was like, wait a second, hot moms club. Like that is such a fun name so at first I was thinking like and I got so excited I remember being like oh my gosh all of that's it like that is for sure that has to be the EP name and I kind of sat with a little uh maybe for like a week or two and I consulted some of my friends who I've like always asked for just creative advice and then I started thinking like wait the amount of possibilities that could come from that name, like such as merchandise or um, just like fun illustrations. I was like, if I make that my artist name, then I can use it forever as opposed to releasing the EP. And then it just has a season and I can't really do anything with it after that season ends. So that's when I really decided, I was like, oh my gosh, I... I'm actually going to name that the artist name so I can create fun t-shirts and whatever stickers, all of this stuff. I still have like such a huge vision of where I want all the merchandise to go. I only have, um, you know, some shirts and stickers and patches and hats, but I'm like, oh, but possibilities are so endless. So yeah, so that was like how it was born is was just one early morning walk um, and then kind of like sitting with it and just realizing the longevity that that name could have. So your brand has changed quite a few times yeah. throughout your music career. And I think this is actually really timely because I just wrote an article about personal brands 
And I think for people entering into the career world, this is like such a big topic. And I think especially for people in their 20s who are still just like trying to figure everything out, they feel this pressure to have this perfectly crafted personal brand they're going to carry with them for the rest of time. And I don't think that's often the case, but I think that's definitely the pressure. And it applies to really every industry, but I think definitely for musicians because everything from your music style to your videos to your cover or your Instagram, like it's all very much part of a brand and every little minor detail can contribute to that. So totally. how have you been navigating that brand identity as an artist? Honestly, I really don't think about it too hard. <laughs> I think, I do think, um, you know, I have some, I have amazing friends and they speak such like affirmation over me. And they always tell me that like that is a gift that I have. They're like, well, I say it, you don't even have to think about it. And it just happens, which I mean, I do, I feel blessed for that gift of like having, I guess, some sort of vision that I don't even realize, like I have a vision, but I don't think about it really hard. And I'm not someone to lay out stuff. Like I don't really plan ahead. Um, But I guess some key factors that allowed me to stay in line with my personal brand and how it's evolved is I usually like pick out some colors and I just kind of keep those colors in mind with everything that I do. And obviously those colors have changed. Like I I wouldn't say I even had that realization when I was under my true name as an artist, Eliza Rosvera. I never really thought about that. So me in circles, it was like blue and yellow. That was everything we did was like blue and yellow. And then now with Hot Moms Club, of course, I like wanted it to be very like cotton candy feeling, pastels, light blue and like clouds, you know, just kind of like lacy sparkles. And so I'd say that that is really the only thing I guess I'd say I'd focus on is when it comes to like the visuals of the brand. Because also with music, it's like the music speaks for itself and like creates its own brand because it's my voice and all the songs that is its own brand identity almost like my voice holds it together, you know? So that's, I guess, the easy part. I don't have to think about that. But yeah, I think too, also like the producer that you work with as an artist helps you create that brand. Mal Hauser is has been my producer i've started working with some other new producers in la but mal really brought hot mom's club sound brand to life of this i communicated to mal like i want i want it to feel like you're driving down the 101 in north county san diego and you're watching the sunset and the colors are beautiful and there's like sparkles and pink and purple and you're seeing like dolphins jump out of the water So I was able to like describe this scene and this feeling like the windows down while you're listening to the song. And then Mal brought that to life through the music. And then that was the same feeling that I wanted to carry over into the visuals of this, like the same feeling and the same colors. It's almost overwhelming. You know, if if artists do think about it too hard, it, it can be so overwhelming. So I I guess, you know, if I'm giving some advice to artists or people starting out their brand, it's like just hone in on the things that are 
like visuals are so important and then obviously your sound so like make sure you have those visions clearly and then everything else just kind of falls in place i think it's also cool when you're not focused so hard on having it be perfect because we're all human and that comes through of like people being able to relate to you and it's okay if you change because we're all changing you know I think people think often that it has to be like this master marketing plan of like, yeah. this is my brand, but like you do just want it to be authentic to totally who you are, your vision and you talking about like driving on the 101. I so clearly see with your music and I've always felt that, that it's the best driving music and I see how that's carried through. That's very much just your experience in life that's where you drive you know so it should just be very personal to who you are and the rest will fall into place totally 100 i think that's where like self-reflection is so important because if you like take the time to just be quiet with yourself as cliche as that sounds or like go for those walks and like collect your thoughts and then you're operating from a place of like intention as opposed to operating from like, I got to get this done. I like need this to be perfect or I need it to look a certain way or it's so much easier to operate from that place of just like calm, collected, intentional. Then it kind of just shines through. I think you don't have to think about it so hard. And as we kind of mentioned, the music brand or you as an artist it's not just the music but it also is oftentimes visuals as well and I think a lot of creative mediums are very interconnected so how have you incorporated other creative vessels like fashion or film into your brand specifically I loved your DD music video thanks so much um yeah it's funny I'd say like I don't enjoy the visual aspect as much right like I just love to write songs so I really pull upon my friends when it comes to the visual parts. Instagram I can handle because it's like I love taking photos and um, I love just like like being weird and posting it and not really caring. But when it comes to like that music video, that was such so out of my comfort zone and such a big to do for me. And it felt really stressful, but it kind of was this checkpoint of like I started working with a like a well-known PR agent in the industry. And she kind of gave me these checkpoints of, hey, you know, we want to hit the industry. This is your debut to the industry as Hot Moms Club. Like we need a music video so that people can put a face to your songs and a face to Hot Moms Club. So please create a music video with you in it. And um, then that was a matter of just like sitting down with some friends my friends, uh, Pat Garcia and Alec Walsh, they're based out of San Diego. They're amazing videographers. They literally helped me out for free. I had no budget at that point. And they're like, Eliza, let's freaking do this. We spent all day um, filming that music video in Encinitas. But I'm so happy that I did create that. And since I've tried to do more visuals, and it's funny because like it just hasn't worked out. Scheduling, um, I've even bought like Super 8 film that I still have in my room to do a music video for Brian. It's definitely, you know, it's such an important part of being an artist and and having that like cohesive through line from all of the pictures that you take, you know, and put put on your Instagram as well and all your socials. And then wearing your familiar outfit when I perform. I've been like kind of playing around with that. That's something I want to play with more, but I kind of want to transform into like embracing the 
hot moms club. Yeah, I don't know. It it's it's really fun to feel vulnerable for me, I think. It is like a very it's a great exercise for me to just like, hey, I force myself out of my comfort zone with maybe this outfit as well or or this video or whatever it is because I I don't think I naturally we all like tend to just gravitate towards our comforts, you know, and stay in that. And that's when you don't grow, you know, it feels good, but you're not growing in, in the possibilities of like where you could go, you know, that sounds very vague, but I hope that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And in these moments with your fashion or your music video, who is it or like what groups inspire you creatively? I'd say... Music-wise, I love... I'm really being inspired by Always, that band, A-L-V-V-A-Y-S. That's how they spell it. Their new record is just so fun. It is such a fun record, and it's really inspired me. Like, that is that is the kind of music I want to create. Um, I want to, like... I have so much currently in this bank that i am just been holding on to of all these finished songs. And that's kind of the direction I'm heading of like the evolution of Hot Moms Club will be like these super fun, like bright guitar lead lines that you just like want to bop to and dance. And um, I really see it like going that way where it's more of like a fun dance show. But yeah, I'd say always it's it's like a huge, huge influence of mine right now. And and Mac DeMarco is always kind of a funny through line. I just love how he's so lackadaisical in, in his lyrics and he just doesn't care and he like tells a story and he has fun. It's very simple, but but just like great to listen to. And and I'd say like fashion wise, I I definitely am still like working that out, but I really love Lauren of Churches. Her outfits on stage are so cool. And I've just like seen she, she like tells the influences of all of her outfits that she performs in. And a lot of them are like these old films. Oh, I think one of them, it was like the shining little dress that they wear. She had a cool outfit made to resemble that dress that the twins were wearing. And I was like, wow, what a cool Thing. like she's so creative in that way and she pulls upon all these old films and all these old characters um like men and women alike you know if she liked an outfit that a guy was wearing in an old film then she transforms it into this cool outfit that she can wear too and she's just like such a fairy on stage and she's so confident like from her shoes to her like how her hair looks and I think I don't know if if that's like where I will be as an artist one day where it's just like me being a fairy and running around in these crazy outfits. I'm not sure that that's like where I envision Hot Moms Club going, but I'm really inspired by her, like the thought behind her outfits as well. In that way, I'm like, well, I'd be cool to like have that be a secret thing that I pull upon that no one even needs to know about of just like, oh, well, I like that movie and I want to wear something that resembles that character on stage. Yeah, I love those Easter eggs too because I think just so much 
of any media just really informs your work. Like it doesn't have to just be other music. It can be films and... I was going to say, we all kind of copy each other in a way without, you know, we recycle everything in, in like our own way, which is cool. And you kind of already touched on this, but where are you planning to have Hot Moms Club go in the future? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, again, I think I'm kind of at this crossroads of really trying to figure out that for myself. I've actually decided, I think for the month of March, I'm going to take like a social media hiatus and just like delete my my apps and kind of take the time to reflect and, and acting from a place of being intentional and like having the ideas come to me, I guess. I don't know. I, 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 I do feel like I'm at a crossroads of like, I really love creating music, but it's felt really kind of stressful recently because the business side is coming into it. And I love it. Like I love business. I was a business major, but it just feels like I don't know if that's a world I want to engage in so much of like status and quote unquote making it. Like I think for me, I realized making it is just creating music that I feel really proud of. Like music that I, once I listen to the finished product, I'm like, that is exactly what I heard in my mind for this song and now I have it in real life and I can record it and give it to other people that really feels like success to me and I kind of envision at least right now I don't know if if this is how it will be is I just I'll continue to release music under Hot Moms Club and just keep releasing like not have pressure on I felt all this pressure to like perform a lot and I just kind of, I'm realizing I just want to release music, release music for people that I love. And, and I definitely will have PR to back it up where it gets a further reach and I will pitch it. I have like a licensing team to pitch it to movies and TV shows. And, um, but I do almost feel like, and that could be because I'm getting older of like, I do want to get married. I do want to have a family someday. And I like care less about pushing so hard with performing and touring and try to be someone in the scene. Like that was such a focus of mine. And I just kind of like letting that go, which feels, it felt really sad to me of like, I was admitting to almost having those feelings. I didn't want to vocalize it to anyone because it felt like I was admitting to my younger self that I was giving up. Because, like, my whole life I've dreamed of this, right? Like, being in the scene and and I feel like I've kind of entered that. Like, I know a lot of, I'm friends with a lot of these musicians that are currently making it or they're, like, in the L.A. scene. And I've gotten record deal offers and, like, I have a manager and a licensing team. And it's so crazy. You're like, holy crap. Like, I am, I am living the dream that I thought I always wanted. And now it's like, as it's growing and I'm kind of getting there and closer and closer, it did feel sad to admit to myself, like, oh, I don't know if I actually want this. 
Um, like it felt like a little bit of an ego death. <laughs> like last month I was like kind of crying. I was very emotional about it. Like I'm so sad that I'm admitting this to myself that maybe I don't want this anymore. But I've realized it doesn't have to look that way. I also don't have to be like involved in the scene that way. I can still create music that I feel really proud of and release it. And maybe you just like leave it at that, you know, and and like have fun and just keep it creative and this like lighthearted thing as opposed to constantly pushing. Because I've also realized when does that stop? Like you're always you're always going to have just like with money, making money, right? Like the cliche thing of people being like, you have a million bucks, you're going to want two million. It kind of I I've realized as of late, it's like it's the same thing with hitting milestones in your career, your music career, your passion. It's like, okay, well, I've played that venue that I've always dreamed of. Now I want to play this or I want to play Coachella or I want to get like 10,000 streams on this song or a million. So it is, it's kind of like exactly the same thing. And I just feel so content with my life that like, I don't need that. I don't need that validation is what I'm realizing. So any all that to say, like, who knows necessarily where it's going to go? All I know is I don't want that pressure to be on it. I want it to remain this like beautiful, fun thing that I do because I love it. And I just feel proud to like write songs for people in my life that make them feel something or um, or just like make them thankful for their friends or their family I like really do want to write music that just like brings out that emotion in people and and I think that's like my ultimate goal is in the end is just to have it be like beautiful music that people can listen to with their windows down yeah and I love your response because I think a lot of times like people going into the industry, they see this image of, okay, I've made it. And even when you've made it or you've reached that goal, it's important to acknowledge that your path doesn't stop there. It's always evolving. It's always changing. It's still going to develop. So just to be open to that. And I think also just when you're at that point going through your career, I feel like it's also important to constantly be returning to that first passion that made you start. So I'm curious, what do you find most fulfilling about making music? What was the reason that you first got started, that you returned to throughout your career? The most fulfilling thing for me is sitting down and feeling a song come out of me. There is nothing more fulfilling than just taking that time to like slow down and first the chords come out as you're playing for me guitar you know and then all of a sudden these words start coming out or I'm like thinking of someone I love and I'm like speaking to them through song and however you know sometimes it takes months sometimes it takes one night sometimes it takes a couple of weeks but there's nothing more fulfilling than like completing a song that you just feel I know for me like if I cry while I'm writing the song <laughs> that it's gonna be a good one when it's over um, just because like, you know, I'm infusing it with like care and emotion. I'm like, I'm present. I'm like feeling the words that are coming out of my mouth and feeling them to my core. 
Um, and you know, not like tears of sadness, it's tears of joy and gratefulness and just like love. Um, but I'd say that that is like, especially right now, as I feel like I'm at this kind of weird crossroads, that's what I'm returning to is like, I realized the most fun I ever had with music was, and when Hot Moms Club was born was in COVID when there was no pressure to perform. There was no pressure to tour, to um, like show face all the time or being seen. And I just would sit in my bedroom and write music and it felt so good. And that's how Hot Moms Club was born. So I am returning back to that place of like, okay, stop rushing around, Eliza, and just start writing music again. And just having that intention, like two days ago, I just wrote another song that I'm so excited about. And so I'm definitely returning to that is like, that is the most fulfilling. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, I mean, we've kind of mentioned this with the business side or touring or just long hours doing other work. It can sometimes distract from that fulfilling part. So what are like three essential things that you have or things that you do that kind of bring you back to that grounded space of home and fulfillment? Yeah, that is so important. I would say maybe like practices that have become my tools are I'm blessed and lucky enough to work from home, which is a huge tool and accelerator for me because... I force myself every day to just pick up my guitar for like, even if it's 10 minutes, I just force myself to pick it up and like fiddle around and see what comes out. And sometimes like I've written songs that way by taking a 10 minute break and just like a little line will pop out. And then the next day, the second line of that song pops out and so on and so forth. So it's like, that has been a a huge game changer for me is not putting again I'm all about not putting pressure on stuff but not putting pressure on even my songwriting process is like I'm just sitting down I'm picking up my guitar on a 10 minute break or maybe it turns into like an hour later that night so it's just like consistency of of practicing and like picking up my instrument or even like singing on a walk or whatever it is so I'd say that is like my biggest tool in my toolbox is um carving out that time just like you have to carve out time for everything but you you really do have to carve out time to be creative and just kind of be quiet and and give your passion that time um and maybe another tool to enter that space um for me i It sounds, it does sound corny, but it is definitely has been a great tool for me. It's like I pray before I, if I'm like really sitting down at night and I have a whole night to myself and I'm like, I'm just going to play music. I will just pray for like before I start. And I just kind of release the control of, you know, having to have something perfect come out or whatever it is. And I just prayed to God. I'm like, Lord, you know, if there's anything you want to say through this song or if there's someone in my life that needs to hear this 
Like, just let me be the vessel for that song to come through. Um, and that is, is, has been like a really special tool for me too. Cause sometimes I write those songs and I don't even know why I wrote them. Someone I'll release it. And later someone will reach out to me, um, and say like, you know, Oh, I'm going through something that like that song really spoke to me. And I really appreciate you writing that. I'm like, Oh, I have that little ping. I don't say like, Oh, I don't know why I wrote that song, <laughs> but I have that little confirmation of like, wow, I, that song came through me so that person could hear that and be comforted by that lyric or whatever it is. So I think those are kind of vague tools, but I'd say like the underlying theme is like these practices that just release pressure from, from what you love to do. There doesn't have to be any pressure on creating. And if there is usually what comes out isn't genuine, you know, has there been a piece of advice that you've gotten that you've carried with you throughout your music career? Well, I love that question. Yeah, a really good piece of advice that I received is um, just, I, I touched on this earlier, but that nothing is impossible. And that is such a cheesy thing that we hear, you know, growing up. But I really believe that to my core. Like, if you have a dream, you can make it happen. There are endless amount of resources. And, and I do think that like, again, maybe you do have to be genuine or like operating from a genuine space of you're not like kicking people to get where you want to be, you know, like you're really operating from this is my dream. I'm going to do it in a way that is true to who I am and I'm not going to like harm people in order to get there, whether it be like by using them for their status or, or whatever it is. I do think like you just got to keep going and keep going and know that nothing's impossible. If you work at it every day, it doesn't even have to be like working hard. You just work at it every day and you like, think about that dream and you can think what's one tiny thing that I can do to like get closer to that dream or that maybe the dream is like releasing a song what's one thing I can do today that will help me get there and maybe that's like setting up your distro kid account whatever it is you know so I, I do think that like if you just keep going um the steps present themselves and like don't give up if that's really what you want like go for it there's so many platforms that make everything possible now especially with social media you know like we're all so connected to the point that it's like really nothing is impossible because you can just dm some of your heroes they're like i've looked up to you my whole life and they may answer <laughs> you know which is so it's so cool Some of my biggest opportunities have literally come because I've DM'd people that I look up to. You know, it's like incredible. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, little did I know that by just complimenting someone that I love their music, now I'm their friend and like I sang on their record and they've connected me, 
I mean, I, that's a reason I have a manager now. And that's the reason like DD got the attention that it did was I got connected to a PR agent by just DMing someone. It's, it's insane. And so this podcast, it's for people about to embark on their career or maybe just heading to school and they're interested in the creative industries, whatever that might be, but it's not a very straightforward laid out path. Like if you want to be a doctor and you know you're going to go to medical school, it's not that clear cut. So I think the advice that you gave definitely would apply to all those people. But is there any other advice that you would give to that person about to embark on their path and it might seem a little bit daunting or even something that you would tell yourself at this point, looking back to when you first got started? I would just say, don't let it be daunting. I know that it's so hard because it seems like everyone's doing so well and they have all their stuff together, but just start whatever that means to you. Like just start. Even if you just start posting on TikTok and it's like you, your phone just pointing at you and you're singing in the bathroom and that's the extent of editing on your video or um, you want to, I don't know, whatever it is, like start some sort of website, like go on to Squarespace and just create a website. Like it, it really is just starting is the hardest part. So just start now and don't worry about what it looks like, what your logo looks like, what your brand looks like, like just do it. And you can, you can evolve and change and delete stuff from your past if it doesn't align with you anymore. So I'd say like, that would be the biggest piece of advice I'd say is like, if you have a dream start now because you are going to get older your desires are going to change and like there's no better time to start going after what you want because life does fly by it is like I never thought that I would be that almost 30 year old that like repeats that over and over but it is crazy how fast life goes by like like I told you earlier I had to I'm like admitting to my younger self that maybe I don't want to like tour the world anymore. And it's sad. I'm like, oh my gosh, if maybe, right? I have no regrets in life. But all that to say, maybe if I had started a little bit earlier, then I would have like done a lot of that stuff before my desires changed. But before I started feeling like I want to have a family, like I don't want to leave home anymore. So I'd say that is like my biggest piece of advice. Again, I don't, I totally stray away from pressure, but their time like is we don't live forever. So like start now and just take baby steps and have fun, have fun with it. Don't worry about perfection because no one, no one is perfect and they're going to love you more for not being perfect. perfect note to end on i want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast i think just for people to hear how other people have made their way through the industry can just make it so much more accessible for other artists or any form of creative work so i want to thank you for sharing all your wisdom and your story with us today it was so fun talking to you you've been listening to it all started when a podcast dedicated to hearing young creative voices share their story from their beginnings, their joys, their challenges, their path to their inspirations. And hopefully within the process, offering inspirations to others as well. 
I'd like to give a very special thank you again to Hot Moms Club for being our first guest. And a big thank you as well to Goodbye Eden for allowing us to use their song for the podcast. And thank you to everyone else who has helped along the way. One day, I will look back at this episode and it will be the point where I can say, it all started when. I'm looking forward to heading on this journey and learning from it. And if you'd like to follow along as well, please subscribe and give a rating on whatever listening platform you might be on. But for now, that's all. Talk soon.